Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. The Lord is good tonight. Hallelujah. We are enjoying worshiping him and feeling his good presence. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and love the Lord again right now. We love you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for this service. Bless, Lord. Bless, Lord. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Worship the Lord with us as we exalt the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. While we were singing earlier, I was thinking about this old song, and I, I want to sing it, and hopefully you know it. Amen. His name is wonderful. Hallelujah. Come and help me, sister. His name. Can we go a little higher than that? His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, He is the
the wonderful name. Hallelujah. That name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up that precious name tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Many years ago, uh, my wife wrote this song, Till the Last Mile, I'll Live for You. Amen. And it's that last mile that's going to be most important. We do not believe in eternal security. This is not just a one-time deal where you get salvation and you, you can't get lost. The Apostle Paul said, I fear lest while I preach to others that I myself might become a castaway. Amen. But, um, amen, we've got to stay in this thing for the long haul till the last mile.
way tonight. Hallelujah. You determined to go all the way. Hallelujah with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. I think we're going to debut a song tonight. Sister Danae just wrote a brand new song. I don't think she's ever sang it anywhere before. And uh, she's going to try that one on you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say praise the Lord. And what's the name of the song? If anybody will be faithful, Jesus will.
Praise the Lord. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah. We serve a faithful God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. We tend to fluctuate and change sometimes, but the Lord is so faithful. Hallelujah. I like the scripture that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Because he's already run his race and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and uh, he, he's not going to fail. Hallelujah. He's, he's finished up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 15 and verses 13 through 18 in your Bibles tonight. And I want to say it's a great privilege again to be here, and it's good to be here with the pastor. Hallelujah. It's always a little hollow when the pastor's gone. Hallelujah. It's good to see Brother Riggin here tonight. Amen. And like what I feel in this church tonight, I pray that the Lord will touch us and help us to get closer to him tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The message that I have tonight, I pray, will stir our hearts about the time that we're living in. And we can... I'd like to see somebody get the Holy Ghost tonight, but I'm going to preach primarily to the church. Amen to us. And uh, hopefully bring us closer to our precious Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus, with his word. This is Acts chapter 15 and verse 13. And after they had held their peace, James, and that would be the brother of the Lord, answered and said, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon, or as we know him, Peter, hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof and will set it up. The re that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, everybody say Gentiles, the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I, I need to ask a question here tonight before I read my next uh, passage of Scripture. And that is, uh, how many Gentiles do we have here tonight? Oh, it's about half of you. That's, that's better than I get most places. If you're not a blood Jew, uh, you are a Gentile. So uh, this scripture is talking about you tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. But Paul, in these next scriptures that I am going to read, is defending the position of the Jews. And two things that I, I, I want to make known here tonight. We may be, sometimes we can figure in the word of God that we are, call ourselves spiritual Jews, but we are not the Jews. And secondly, God is not finished with the Jews. Amen. They, they're, they're not lost forever because the Lord promised there would always be a remnant of the Jews. So in Romans chapter 11, and I'm going to read some scattered verses there. Romans 11 and 1 to begin with. I say then, hath God cast away his people? And he's talking about the Jews here. God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham and of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 11, please. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather that through their fall salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now that's not the only reason why we're saved, but one of the reasons why we're saved is to provoke those lost Jews into coming back to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then verse, uh, verse 12. Now if the fall of them, the Jews, be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. In other words, when they come back to God, it's, it's going to be a glorious thing. Hallelujah. Verse 17, and we'll read a little bit there. Hallelujah. 
And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, talking about us, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Next verse, please. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now let's, let's skip to verse uh, 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And I want you to notice that clause there, the fullness of the Gentiles become in. We are Gentiles here tonight, and there's coming a time when, when the fullness of the Gentiles will become in. Amen. Next verse. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. 27. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Verse 28. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Hallelujah. And then I want to do uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and make an appeal to the church tonight, to us Gentiles. Praise God. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul here is, is beseeching us to not follow the path that the Jews followed, where they came to God and were his first love, and then they drifted away in unbelief and were lost. And he had to put the covenant aside because they didn't keep their end of the deal. And the Bible here is, and Paul is saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, don't be conformed to this world. Amen. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to preach tonight on the subject, it's time for Gentiles to run. Hallelujah. It's time for Gentiles to run. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Pray with me, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch us tonight. Help your church to get closer to you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, move in our hearts tonight. Touch our hearts tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless your hearts. You may be seated. In this first text that I read to you from Acts 15, that was almost 2,000 years ago, and the church was just newborn, and they were having one of their very first general conferences. And the discussion there was the inclusion of the Gentiles. Should we let these Gentiles in? Because you see, up until that point, the church was totally Jewish. This church that we are in tonight started out as a Jewish church. This book is a Jewish book from cover to cover, written by Jews. The Jews gave us Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Jews gave us the Bible. The Jews gave us Acts 2.38. It was a Jew that preached that message. Hallelujah. And so it started out well. Amen. And we've got to keep going in the right direction. Amen. We can't be caught up. And as the scripture says, be wise in our own conceits. We're living in the last days, and there might be somebody here tonight that feels like you've got 
a handle on this thing or you have a monopoly on living for God that you're a shoe-in because of who you are or, or what you've done, but none of us have it made tonight. Not a one of us have it made tonight. We got to run that last mile. We got to make it to the end. Hallelujah. Amen. We're in this thing for the long haul. Hallelujah. Amen. So that first discussion was the inclusion of the Gentiles and about the Gentiles coming into the church. And tonight, the preacher has come to tell you that the times of the Gentiles are just about over. Amen. That we are in the last days. And already the spotlight is beginning to turn back toward the Jews again. You know that as well as I do. All you got to do is read the newspaper and you'll find out where a lot of the world's attention is going these days. Amen. But I believe as your pastor has already stated here tonight that God's not through with us yet either and that there is revival to be had among us. Amen. And that's why I'm preaching this tonight because I want revival to happen. I want us to get close to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's, God's covenants are always conditional. You know, you hear a whole lot of talk today about God's unconditional love. Well, search the Bible over, and you'll find out that God always has a big if attached to his covenant. If you love me, then keep my commandments. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and the if is always there. And God started out making covenants to the Jewish people back with Abraham. And I preached an entire message about his life, so I'm not going to give you a rehearsal of that tonight. But he called Abraham, and Abraham kept walking with God to the end of his life. And that's why Abraham was rich. That's why Abraham was blessed. That's why Abraham became the father of many nations. Hallelujah. Why we still honor and revere his name tonight. Amen. Because he kept his end of the deal. But his children didn't always keep it. And David was found by the Lord. The Bible says that the prophet said God is looking for a man after his own heart. He found a man by the name of David, amen, who was after his heart, amen. He loved the way David worshiped. He loved the way David served him and honored him. And David did that. We know he failed at times, but he kept on loving God. He never had another God, amen. He never bowed himself before an idol. He never let somebody, something else become more important than God in his life. And he died at 80 years of age still honoring and loving God. He kept his end of the deal, and God promised him, I'm going to give you an everlasting kingdom. There shall always be someone from your loins to sit upon the throne, the throne of David, as it is called. Hallelujah. And if that's not fulfilled in any other way, it's fulfilled through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is from the loins of David. Hallelujah. Who will always be the king over God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. But Abraham kept his end of the deal. But Moses prophesied in Deuteronomy 32, 15 through 18. I'd like to put that up, if you will. Hallelujah. And there was a preacher, Brother Paul Reynolds, many years ago. I was up in the northwest in Canada. And he, he made this scripture more valuable to me than what it had been before. But Jezurin waxed fat, and this is talking about Israel. But Brother Reynolds said that that name Jezurin means my darling. My darling. God really loves his people. He really loves his people. But Jezurin, my dar darling, waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. Something's happening to his darling. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook the Lord, or forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Hallelujah. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations uh, provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed to devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Amen. Something's happened to my darling. Of the rock that beget thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. 
Amen. Something was happening to those descendants of Abraham. They were no longer walking with God as Abraham did. They were no longer honoring God as their God, but they were worshiping idols. Amen. And God is appealing to us tonight not to repeat the performance of Israel. Amen. Israel was cut off. Amen. They stumbled in unbelief. Amen. And, and were, were put aside. And Solomon introduced idolatry into the throne of David. Amen. And many kings after him were idolatrous kings. And because of that, God allowed them to be overcome by their enemies. I, I have heard and read Jewish writers trying to figure out why in the world the Holocaust, why in the world the persecution of the, the Jews down through the centuries. But all you have to do is read the word of God and you'll find out. Because they were a nation built by God himself. Amen. Abraham was the first Jew and he brought forth nations from him. And he brought forth the Jewish nation from him. But they forgot God. They turned away from God. So much so that by the New Testament times, even the most religious of them didn't know when their God came to visit them. The Bible says they knew not the time of their visitation. Jesus wept over Jerusalem and said, How often I would have gathered you as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but you would not. God wanted to gather them. Jesus came to his own, the Bible says, and his own knew him not. His own knew him not. Hallelujah. I pray that the day doesn't come when the Lord's presence, we don't even recognize him. We don't know him because we're so consumed with our own idolatrous works and our own ways that are away from God. Hallelujah. And so for 2,000 years, Israel has been blinded. And as it said in the text, the olive branch was cut off. And we, the wild olive, were grafted in. We Gentiles. But sometimes we get to acting like we've got it made. Like we can do as we please. We can come as we want to and go as we please, and we'll still be all right. But I'm here to remind you that the fullness of the Gentiles is coming in. It's time for Gentiles to run. It's time for us to be fervent in spirit. It's time for us to have a prayer meeting. It's time for us to get close to God. It's time for us to remember how we came to the Lord. Let me just go there right now. When those first Gentiles got an opportunity, brother, they ran. Amen. Amen. When Cornelius had a visitation from an angel, amen, and he said, Lord, what can I do to be saved? And he said, send for Simon Peter. I'm telling you, Cornelius got his house together. And when Peter started preaching, they didn't even wait for an altar call. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. That was the first Gentile receiving this experience they ran to the master let me ask you tonight are you still running are you still running is your heart still throbbing about Jesus is this the most important thing in your life is the house of God most important to you or is there an equal love for this world that draws you away from the presence of the Lord amen you see, Israel is God's time clock. And the fact that we are seeing the revival of Israel, maybe not so much from a spiritual standpoint, but from just a natural standpoint, the fig tree is budding. And that says something to us, amen, in Bible language, that our time, the Gentiles' time, is wrapping up. Amen. God has a work to do among his people. He has a covenant yet to keep, amen, with the Jewish people. Amen. I, I'm going to give you this. It's just, it's, it's so simple that an elementary student could teach you this. But I, I believe that God's plan for this earth is as simple as this. God created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Remember that. That's your first lesson. The second lesson is a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. In the Old Testament, there are past 4,000 years. If you include the silent years, 400 silent years, 4,000 years past in the Old Testament. The New Testament plan is 2,000 years. 
We know that it's wrapping up. Everybody here agrees, I believe, with me that we're in the end time, amen, of the church age. Amen. 2,000 years, almost, not quite, but almost 2,000 years. The church was born in about 30 A.D., amen. And if our calendars are right, we're just approaching that, that 2,000 or that two days, okay? We know from reading the Bible that there is another stretch of 1,000 years in front of us. It's called the millennial reign. It's called the kingdom age and may be called other things. But it's a thousand year period. That is the seventh day. Okay. But where we're at right now, we are wedged in between two dispensations of time. Amen. We are wedged in between the church age, which stretches back 2,000 years, and that 1,000-year span that's in front of us. And there are two major things that have to happen in between here somewhere. Amen. The rapture of the church. We don't know the day or the hour, but we know we're right there. I don't believe there's anything holding back the rapture of the church. Amen. We're right there. And also that great time of tribulation, which I just read in, in the 30th chapter of Jeremiah, is called Jacob's Trouble. One of the main purposes of the tribulation period is to bring the Jews back into a place where they will accept God again, where, where they will, will revere and honor him again. Amen. So we've got these great events, and here we are wedged right in between. Hey, this is no time to backslide. No time to let down on your standard. No time to look back to this world. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. The rapture's about to take place. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to get our heart on the altar. We need to seek after God. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to run to him. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to run to meet my master. I'm going to run to meet my Lord. Hallelujah. I've had the Holy Ghost a long time, but I can't sit down now. I've got to be ready when Jesus comes. Uh, clap your hands under the Lord. Hallelujah. Reach out to the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the Bible tells us, amen, that God is going to do a work among the Jews. The Jews are gathering by the millions back into their land that was barren and desolate for 1,900 years, at least 1,850 years. Not hardly a Jewish soul in the place. And then in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the Jews began to trickle back in there again. And as you know, May 14th, 1948, amen, they de were declared a state, a country again, the land of Israel and the Israelites back home again. This time it's not the northern and southern kingdom, but as God prophesied in his word, they're all together again now. Jews from all around the world have gathered there. I was amazed the first time that I went to Israel and we drove down through the valley that's actually Megiddo and down through that great valley heading on our way toward Jerusalem. I saw great, I don't know if you call it orchards or what, of, of bananas of all things. I couldn't believe it. In Israel, thousands of plants and bananas hanging everywhere. And then I read recently that that Barren, desolate land is today supplying 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. I was astounded at that. That place, it was nothing but a desert. But now God's people are back there, and they're bringing the water in and flooding the place, and it's springing up again, a desert blooming like a rose, as the Bible says. I went down to Jericho, and it's almost like the tropics down there. Amen greenery everywhere, and that well that they still call Elisha's well, amen, springing up in the water coming forth from there and, and, and feeding that whole area of the country, hallelujah, amen. The Bible says in the last days that Israel shall be saved, hallelujah, they shall be saved. The desert is blooming. I, I, I went again to Israel in 2009 with my son. 
we were amazed. And I, I don't know if it was just the places that I was in were different or what, but I, I don't think so. When, when I, I went in 1978 the first time to Israel, and, and, and it was like party town uh, in, in Jerusalem, and just a lot of wild music and partying and, and uh, obvious homosexuality and stuff going on there that just was blatant. When I went back this year, I saw a change in the atmosphere. I, I saw respectful and holy looking. And, and as far as I know, these people didn't have the truth, but they're, they're just settling down and begin to think about God. I, I believe something's going on, something's happening. I, I saw modestly dressed people, young couples coming. We were staying in the Crown Plaza Hotel, and young couples were coming there on their dates and all of that. And they, they, they looked so nice, so wholesome looking, and all that, what I hadn't seen before. Amen. I believe that they know that God's about to do something in their lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. They have been winning their battles. 1948, as soon as they were declared a state, the Arabs attacked them there, and they had to beat them back, but they did and won. They won again in 1967 when they were attacked by millions of Arabs, way more than they ever thought about being. In 1973, 1982, and even in this recent conflict I read in the paper, I don't even hardly read the news much anymore, but I picked up the USA Today uh, the other morning here in town, amen, and reading about the conflict between the Jews and, and Gaza, the Palestinians there, and, and those Palestinians have been lobbing those, or shooting those rockets into Israel, and I, I, a handful have been killed, like 18 or 20, something like that, and over 2,000 of the Palestinians have died. It, I mean, it doesn't even make sense for them to attack Israel, amen, because something's happening there, amen. They are a strong military might, amen, with a nuclear bomb, and they're, they're not a country to be messed with, and if I understand the prophecy right, they'll never again be driven out of their land. God told Abraham, you walk this land because I'm going to give you. Everywhere the sole of your feet goes down, I'm going to give it to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and so the prophet said in Ezekiel 38 and 39, if we understand this and interpret it correctly, there's going to be a time when even the great Russian army is going to come down upon Israel from the north. If you, if you get a map or a globe and you put a ruler on Jerusalem and put it straight north, It'll run right up to, to Moscow. They are due north. And the Bible says this vast army from the north with all of their other helpers are going to come down to the mountains of Israel. And when that battle is over, that's a future battle, Ezekiel 38 and 39, only one-sixth of Russia's army will be left. It's going to take seven months to bury the dead. People of continual employment seeking out the dead bodies or skeletons or whatever and burying the dead. It's, it, it's because God is going to fight their battles for them. Like the song said tonight, if the Almighty God is on your side, you're going to win. Hallelujah. You're going to win. Hallelujah. But the most exciting thing of all is when Paul said in Romans 11 and 26, so all Israel shall be saved. And Zechariah the prophet said in 12 and 10, would you put that up, brother, Zechariah 12 and 10? Look at, look at this scripture. And, and I, I want to be right there with Jesus when this happens, and I believe you can be. If you're caught up in the rapture, you're going to be with him. Hallelujah. Zechariah 12 and 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Zechariah 12 and 10. I want you to see this for yourself. This is Jesus speaking here. I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. There's going to be a wave of mourning and weeping pass through all the land of Israel because suddenly those blinded eyes are going to open up again and God is going to renew his covenant with them and they're going to look upon him whom they pierced. And they're the ones that killed him. Peter said that on the day of Pentecost. He said, ye with wicked hands have crucified 
the Lord. But one day they're going to recognize him and mourn for him. And that's the time when the Bible says as a nation, Israel is going to return to God. So here we are at the fullness of the Gentiles. God's moving. But through Israel's unbelief, God grafted us in and the door opened to the Gentiles. And, and we ran, we Gentiles ran to get in on God's promises. We ran to get the Holy Ghost. We ran to be in church. The gospel was always taken to the Jews first, but then Paul would turn to the Gentiles. When the Jews rejected, he would turn to the Gentiles. And then it spread, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 8, amen. The gospel spread throughout the world. In Acts chapter 19, after those first disciples were rebaptized in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that Paul stayed and taught there until all of, of Asia, most of the known world, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, were exposed to this wonderful gospel. And then we know the stories about Topeka, Kansas, and, and Houston, Texas, and Los Angeles, and then it spread to the whole world, so much so that Life Magazine, in about the year 2000, said that there are some 500 million people in the world who have spoken in tongues. Sometimes we think we're isolated, but God has been moving around the world. There are people that are finding out about this truth, and we know that some of them may be phony or whatever, but the Bible says God will pour out His Spirit in the last days upon all flesh. Amen. He will lead and guide them to the truth. Amen. And America became so mission-minded that we sent missionaries to, to most of the countries of the world. We were known as a missionary nation. But Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, that before that coming of the great day of Christ, that there shall come a great falling away. And all of us here tonight know that we're in that time too. We know that the mainline churches have a form of godliness, but there is no power there. We know that America itself as a nation which was one known for its mission efforts, is now sometimes called the great Satan. And that's hard for us to, you know, deal with. We don't like that because we love our country. But from a distance, because of the media and all of that, America many times is known for her pornography, for her booze, for her drugs. She's known for homosexuality. And so that's why they would say something like that because some of them feel like for Americans to come only means that they're going to be introduced to all of that stuff and their lives and families destroyed because we are in the time of that great falling away. And even apostolics are affected by the pressures of these last days, the peer pressures. Sports become so important and intrigues and draws. Many apostolic people lose their fervor in chasing after sports. And movies is always such a big attraction. And I'm very saddened that the organization that I gave 37 years of the prime of my life to is now introducing television. I'm very saddened by that. I saw a little clip of the Youth Congress of my organization where the guitars were screaming and girls in short skirts almost dancing. And that's where we're headed in some circles. Amen. Because apostolics are affected by this falling away. We have a, a, a church that is really going great guns in our area in Scottsdale and Phoenix area in Mesa. They came in actually the same building that we were renting and started there and they very quickly passed us up in size and number. And then they bought the, actually bought the building that we were meeting in, bought the entire property and built a big, beautiful building there. Now they've incorporated another church in Mesa, another church in downtown Phoenix. And the sad thing about this, this growing, thriving church is that although the pastor and his wife both are graduates of Jackson College of, of Ministries, they are far from the truth today. 
There's not one thing in their statement of faith about baptism in Jesus' name or the oneness of God or Acts 2.38. They don't preach this message. They preach accept Christ as your personal Savior. And yet, I had a woman who is a pastor's wife, her husband deceased now. She said, I've visited that church. I don't see anything wrong with it. She said, I, I, have, no, I have no problem with it. Even though the pastor's wife leads worship in a pantsuit, she couldn't see any fault in that church. We've got another church that just sprang up in Arizona in the Prescott area that's a spinoff of one of our churches that I've known all my time there in Arizona, 40 years. But a group broke out of that church, and they're practicing now what they call artistic worship. And you're encouraged, whatever your thing is, you know, you, it, it just reminds me of, of Cain's offering that he brought to God. But someone who visited there said that there was a young woman in a miniskirt and net nylons that got up to lead the worship. And, and, and yet, one of our previous superintendent's wife is attending there. It just goes on and on. You know stories as well as I do. We are in the last days, folks. But if we don't keep our end of the covenant, God will set our covenant aside also. He says in this text, and I didn't read all those verses, but if God cut off his own chosen people and grafted us in, how much easier would it be for him to cut off this wild olive branch if we become arrogant in spirit and we feel like we don't need the house of God, we don't need the pastor, we don't need each other, amen, that we can do as we please, we're on our way to being separated from the house of God, from the covenant of God. But I want to run. I want to run. I want to get to the altar. My dad taught me, son, the altar is your friend. Hallelujah. Hang around that altar because the altar is your friend. It's not your enemy. Don't run away from the altar. When you're in trouble, don't run away from church, but run to the house of God and run to the altar. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're going to do that tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to decide in our hearts, I want to get close to the Lord. I know that our time is wrapping up, and I'm so privileged, amen, to be in God's church, to be an apostolic. Let's stand together tonight. Don't be wise at your own conceits. Don't be high-minded, Paul said, but fear and don't be conformed to this old world but rather let's be fervent in spirit and in prayer the Bible talks about those who tremble at the Word of God some people just hear the Word of God and you know if they like the preacher they may receive it if they if, if, if they don't think he's a great preacher then they just discard and it may be that one that you are not so infatuated with that may have the message for you We gotta run. We gotta run. Jesus. We need that prayer meeting. I think I may have already said this since I've been here, I don't know, but I was at a church just not, not too long ago where they have no pre-service prayer. And we felt like a sore thumb. My family and I, we make it a practice to always be there half an hour or so uh, before the service and, and, and pray is just you know, that's what we did at our church, and that's what's normal in most of our churches. And, and we got there, and people just came in and milled around, whatever, and got together in groups and, com you know, having conversation in the back or whatever. They just didn't feel the need for that. And you can certainly tell it in the service, too, when people have not prepared their hearts to worship the Lord. We need to be here. We need to be here praying. We need to be here seeking God. We need to repent. Amen. We need to cleanse out our hearts and get close to God. I, I didn't think of having her sing it tonight, but my daughter sometimes sings a song. It's, one, it's a beautiful new song that uh, uh, a friend of ours wrote. And it's, it, the, the song says, He's the only reason I live. You may have heard it. He's the only reason I live. And oh, what a reason. A friend of mine, his daughter, wrote that when she was about 15 years old. And she hasn't hardly ever lived for God since that time. She's probably pushing 50 by now. I asked her dad just back a, a couple months ago, how's, how's Joy doing? 
said, well, she's doing fine, but she's not living for God. He's the only reason I live. And oh, what a reason. But she must have found another reason. She must have found another God because she hasn't served the Lord all those years, so many years have passed by. If I had my choice to choose a song out of all songs, I think I would choose the song Down From His Glory. It, it has such beautiful melody and such beautiful words of truth in it. I love that song, but according to Brother Nathaniel Urshan, William Booth Cliburne died backslidden. The man who wrote that song in 1923, amen, that we have used ever since that time. Such a wonderful song containing the revelation of God in Christ in it. But he died away from God. None of us have it made, folks. Amen. One of, one of my dear friends, pastor in Arizona, I used to attend every one of his anniversary services for years and years. Pastor out in Yuma, Arizona. He was a great preacher, a great singer, and I enjoyed his company so much. I attended his last, the last anniversary that I attended there was probably two years ago, three years ago. Today, he's over in Los Angeles working concrete and at night singing at bars and singing about women and tequila and whatever. A man that had this truth and preached this truth, but he's far from God tonight. I hope he comes back. But he's not keeping his end of the... You've you got to stay in here. You've got to stay in here. You can't drift away from God. I, I want us to make use of this altar tonight. Touch us, Lord. Let's pray right now. God, help us tonight. Touch us tonight, Lord. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts, Lord. Oh, remind us of where you found us, Lord. Remind us of how we ran to you in the beginning. That's right, church. Let's come to this altar. Let's make use of the friend that we have in the altar. Hallelujah. Come and get the Holy Ghost tonight. Come and seek the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, Gentiles, run. Run to Jesus tonight. Run to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. God, you've got to renew us tonight. You've got to help us tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And begin a fresh Hallelujah, hallelujah. Take me back, Lord, to that old landmark. This world doesn't love you. This world is not your home. This world will consume you and cast you away from God and into hell. Amen. you got to make Jesus, amen, your home, your heart. Hallelujah. Come on to Jesus tonight. Come to Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Come back to that old landmark. Make the church your priority once again. Hallelujah. Make prayer a priority in your life once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Follow your pastor. Follow your leader. Hallelujah. Let's get close to God. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let me be lost, Lord. Don't let me be cast away. Jesus, Jesus, I need you.
to that old 